Welcome to episode nine of Airmic Talks, the fortnightly podcast brought to you by the UK Risk and Insurance Management Association. If you are not already subscribed to the podcast, then please do so to ensure each episode is downloaded straight to your device. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you get your podcasts from. This week, I'm delighted to say we are joined by Rebecca Fuller of Duff and Phelps. Rebecca is Head of Europe, Middle East and Africa and Managing Director for Fixed Asset Management and Insurance Solutions. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about valuations and why they are important and how the valuations market is changing. So, Rebecca, welcome to Emic Talks. Thanks, Richard. Good morning. So just just very briefly, first off, Rebecca, can you just explain for us the role and importance that valuations play in the insurance buying process? I mean, strip it straight back to the fundamentals and just getting your asset values right, uh, knowing what your assets are and where they're located. But also, and especially today in a hard market, being able to provide your broker with tools for better negotiation so that your placement is as good as it can be. Look to having a loss. What about substantiation for proof proof of loss? So many fundamental reasons. And then how is the valuations market changing or or, or evolving recently? Yes, so that that is a great question. Um, Let's just say significantly. So historically, our main buyers have been the insured. The contracts been signed by the insured, the communications been with the insured, the output has been delivered to the insured. Today, 50% of our market is insurance companies. So, and, and that's actually set to increase massively over the next couple of years. So for insurance, we're analyzing their risks, we're highlighting anomalies across their portfolios of international business, we're calculating their value deficit on on an enormous scale, just to enable them to get their numbers right. The the problem of underinsurance has has been there for a, a long while now, but without proof of its existence. So we've collected proof as we've gone along We've provided our insurance customers, i.e. the carriers, with factual data as to these anomalies. And so now we're providing them with the tools um, so that they can, you know, they can see what what those risks are um, on a map, if you like, and then decide what, you know, what to do with them. The the carriers that we've spoken to have a number of remedies uh, that they've discussed with us for underinsurance. So... One being um, application of average, so average being written into the policy wording, some you know declining to renew, and that's happening quite a lot. There has been talk of coming off cover, but we've not we've not been in any communications about that actually happening yet. But one thing that is happening with one of our main carrier clients is that they are making evaluation a requirement to the policy and within a given timeline as well. Uh, something that they are discussing with us at the moment is, you know, when we provide them with these digital visualization tools and, you know, all the factual data analysis that they can, you know, they're well equipped to then decide what rate to charge as per the um, the deficit presented to them, if you like. So 
the market, the market is significantly changing for us. Uh, something, something else we're doing for insurance, insurance carriers actually is providing them with tools to go out on site. So, you know, about ten years ago, I thought, wow, you know, it's almost, it's almost duplication of work. We've got risk engineers going out on site collecting far, far more granular data than we would do for an insurance valuation, and so. Is it possible that they could just collect you know, the, the fields that we would need to see um, and then we can do the rest of the analysis on the desk? And, and so the answer from one carrier who, you know, very forward thinking was yes. Um, so we created a web, web application for them. They go out on site, input key data, press a button and get an instant answer as to whether or not it requires evaluation or whether there's a, no evaluation required. But that then gives them the you know the the correct information to go to a client even if they're on site and say you know you guys need to need to have evaluation carried out because our independent valuation partner has identified that this location is at risk so we're we're helping them if you like because there's they've never been able to do that before because they're not valuers um, so there's been a bit of an issue there. I suppose if we look at how it's changed for the insured, that's also very different. So, you know, 20, even 10 years ago, going out on site, having a complete, you know, a detailed spend two or three weeks with two to four people on site going around, listing out all the equipment, um, you know, measuring as in with a, you know, maybe it was with a, a tape measure or um would you call us the wheels that you walk around with I can't remember the name of them now uh, ped- uh pedometer yeah so so you know really old school manual methods of calc of, of hmm. data gathering um so that's what we used to do and now you know the requirement for that the the you know, some some businesses dependent on sector would view us being there as just a complete disturbance to their everyday operations, and obviously time is money now. So, do they want us? Do they need? Do they want somebody on site escorting us around site for hours on end? No, maybe not. The requirement for that has got has lessened. What we do get asked to do more by the insured is, you know, what information can we give you to make your visit as quick as possible. Um, and so, you know, them providing us with all of that information before we go out on site enables us to do a pre-analysis now. And then the site visits can be much quicker, much more efficient. We know already who we're going to have to speak to when we get there. And those conversations can be sweet, uh, you know, short and succinct. One of the more exciting things that we're doing uh, for the insured is, you know, and, and this was this has really only come about in the last the last twelve months. Uh, one of our clients who we'd done ad hoc insurance for insurance valuations for, they they were interested in having a roller program. So that's something that we commonly see um, in the large global corporate space. But this person said to me, "I can't go to my CFO and ask for a budget to get all of this stuff valued. I need something that I can." present to him that shows him uh, the cost but also the savings by having a, a consultative overview presented if you like so you know what needs to be valued where it is why it should be valued how much a risk it is um, and then the presentation of the budget if you like so you know yes we understand there's going to be an amount of locations that 
are significantly at risk and so they need to be prioritized and maybe we wouldn't have budget for that but let's be sensible about it and look at forecasting for the next two three four five years and so we're now doing quite a few of these consultative overviews if you like and so it's a completely completely different market at the moment for us rebecca on um i think it's i think risk managers and insurance managers and edit members will be definitely pleased to hear that insurers are wanting to be more accurate and get more data and i think we've been calling for that for a long time so that'll be welcome but how can risk professionals and members be prepared to have evaluation and what, what do they need to do to to be prepared and why is it important to be prepared for for evaluation to take place i think it just you know just in simple terms that like time is money really um and so the more information then the more pre- prepared a risk manager is an insurance manager is the 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 quicker the job can be the more efficient the job can be and the more useful as well actually so you know um i think in the last presentation we did to um, members um, on valuation preparedness we discussed the um, the number of factors key factors that went into valuation preparedness and so asset data you know knowing what you need to present where to find it who owns it that which obviously links into the people factor so who do you need to be talking to communicating with collaborating with um, to be able to retrieve the data to present to the valuation firm i suppose the output also factors into that so for the business the output may be a certain type you may need to, you know, you may just want a high level figure actually, just tell us what our machines are worth, tell us what our buildings are worth. But for the carrier, that might be a completely different, you know, different level of output. Um, so talking to the insurance company to say, okay, we have an evaluation carried out. When we're talking reports, does that, you know, is there anything on there such as um, our main, our critical items? Do they need to be split out and, you know, just values for each critical asset? So there's a, there's a number of, there's a number of factors that go into it, but really having all of that, that access to that information and those people ahead of the game, it's all just going to make the job far, far quicker and far more cost efficient and actually opens up, you know, it, it does open up different levels of service. So, you know, if somebody can, I've had this before for a power plant, a fixed asset register got sent across and it said power plant 3.2 billion. I don't think I'll ever forget that. And so for things like that, where that's pretty much what we're going to get, we are not going to be doing anything other than going visiting that site and it's going to take us quite a long time to determine you know to build up the value but where where something has got really good cost data the fixed asset registers are really healthy um you know the the communications between finance and um risk management are are there you know it it just makes everything everything easier and and it points towards you know um quicker site visits or possibly um, desk-based valuations um or even better still um and you know <laughs> more more modern uh, digital valuations 
Yeah, I mean, you, you touched there, Rebecca, on the kind of importance of collaboration or, or communication between finance and risk management. And of, and of course, as we all know, and as you've presented on, and uh, Duff and Phelps have presented on to Emmett before, obviously, we're very much aware of this, of this move of assets towards intangible assets rather than, rather than traditional tangible assets. So how important is that connection between finance and risk management in relation to intangibles? And, and how do you go about making those accurate valuations? Oh, it's it's massive. I mean, it's such an exciting it's such an exciting space. Mm. Um, I mean, we all know something's going to happen. You look at you look at the you know the 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 build up of a business ten years ago, twenty years ago, compared to what it is now. And you know, then it was predominantly fixed assets, and you know, the, the lesser value is in the intangibles but now that's completely reversed not for every business but the the bigger businesses the more valuable businesses are starting to you know look intangible heavy and so as a you know as a risk manager who can understand everything that they can see and touch and the value of it and you know how it well where the risks are um, and how to mitigate them and, and how to discuss them with an insurance company. They've got all of that knowledge. That knowledge has been with us now for so long. Um, and, you know, we're, we're creating more complex insurance products. I'm creating more complex valuation products because we, we, we know what we're dealing with now. But in terms of the intangibles, we're going to have to go out for information. Um, so speaking to people in finance, where actually their knowledge is of the intangibles you know they they are basically the risk manager in the finance function they know what those intangibles are they know you know the value of their patents their trademarks they know how to they know the provenance of the assets and and perhaps the discussions are better to be had now with with finance to to try and just understand what those risks are what the intangibles are in order to actually for us in in the insurance world to actually not create the risk but other than cyber products we're still in in a bit of a gray area um for insuring insuring intangibles so that that communication from risk management to finance from insurance carriers to finance to risk management it's it's so important for the development of insurance on of intangibles. Well, thank you, Rebecca. It's all, always great to hear from yourself and, and the Duff and Phelps team. And, and I know that our members appreciate hearing from you as well. So thank you very much for joining us on the latest episode of Emmet Talks. Thanks, Richard. Cheers. As ever, the uh, full back catalogue of episodes can be found on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. Just search for Emmet Talks and hit subscribe or follow. Stay well and see you next time. 